I guess I could talk about my experience at Popeye's today. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's always a good way to start a story, but there I was just I was having Popeye's went to the mall today. I went back to school clothes shopping, you know what I'm saying? I want to be one of those okay. stylish teachers. You're ready for ninth grade, you're gonna impress all the seniors. Yes, that's exactly what I'm going for. Uh, and so I was coming back from the mall and I, I was like, mmm, Popeyes. So I went in, got a little four piece combo. I was loading up on that. And then I overheard these guys talking about DoorDash. And I just was like fuming internally because one guy was a dasher, someone who delivers the food. Okay. And he was like, yeah, I just, one time I just entered all of my dad's thing in and I just sat at home and just pretended like I was delivering all these orders and he like apparently got paid for it but then they like obviously like they canceled him after one day but he just got paid for a full day delivery or something how does that work I don't know how that worked (laughs) I'm like what so hopefully he's just lying because otherwise that's just awful but now he's like just doing it with his own stuff Mm mm-hmm and then the other people were, or then he was like oh yeah this lady tried to scam me for saying I didn't deliver her food or whatever which is if you look at like DoorDash forums and stuff that's pretty common that customers may try to do this and then sure. like the other people were like oh yeah we do that all the time we just say that they didn't deliver it and I'm oh like what the God. heck is going on here you are <laughs> terrible people what is like what are we doing I don't why can't we just respect this system I don't think I mean, I, I guess I don't, like, read reviews people leave for me when I DoorDash, but I don't think I've ever been told that I haven't, like, delivered the food. I think, uh, I think DoorDash, customer, the, uh, whatever, support would have contacted you and said you didn't deliver it or something. Oh, okay. You have to show pictures and stuff and whatnot. But I was just like, these people, what's going on? Like, what? this is not okay. But <laughs> I just sat there and ate my chicken like a coward. <laughs> Not speaking up, you're a you're a bystander. That's the worst part, Jimmy. I was a bystander, and now I'm just stating it on the podcast. You know what? At least I can do a PSA. Don't be one of those people. All right. Yeah. Holden, I'm not. <laughs> All right. I go out and DoorDash. That's my Popeye story. Well, the, see the 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 beauty of it was the karma of it was is that this guy had accepted an order from Popeye's so he was waiting there for at least 30 minutes oh yeah a little bit of karma there for him Popeye's orders do take a while welcome to another episode of that one movie podcast also known as Tomp the weekly show where we discuss movies games and tv shows in addition to kind of whatever mainly we just shout nonsense into our microphones I'm your host Holden Sutter joined by my co-host Jimmy Uthi we do a podcast that's all about family. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. I, I was like, what are you doing here? Vin Diesel impression. Uh, I'll be Paul Walker. Uh, I'm dead. Wow. <laughs> Great taste, as always. Uh, just kidding. I, I'll get into my love for, for this franchise and Paul Walker in a bit. Uh, we've got a great episode for you this week featuring our review of F9 and also Loki Episode 3. That one movie podcast. Stomp. <laughs> Oh, 
The Toms. The Toms. The Toms. The Toms. First, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. Tom Hiddleston? Oh, man, we should change one of these to Tom Hiddleston for during the rest of Loki. Maybe. I'm going to do it. Uh, Tom Brokaw is now Tom Hiddleston until Loki ends. So okay. uh, let me change that in the script here while I, uh, while I read it. Uh, Tom's is a rapid-fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms. Hiddleston... Bombadil and Bergeron. Hiddleston. The highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. Hiddleston. Hiddleston. Yes. Uh, uh, okay, I just finished typing it in. Uh, I think I typed it wrong. <laughs> I think I spelled it wrong. Uh, first off, we've got two trailers this week. Uh, the first one was one that took me completely by surprise, and I was just telling Jimmy, I actually didn't, even though I saw it came out earlier this week, I just watched it a little bit ago for the first time. Uh, Halloween Kills, a uh, sequel to the Halloween 2018 film, which is also a sequel to Halloween 1979 or whenever that movie Eight, came out. I think 1978. Okay. Um... But anyway, so uh, both of us, we, we enjoyed the first Halloween movie. I don't remember a lot of it. I think I'm going to rewatch it before this one comes out. Um, but I remember enjoying it. Um, the, the 1978 uh, Halloween movie scared the absolute crap out of me as a kid. Um, just the idea of it. I'd never seen it, but the mm-hmm. music the imagery i was super terrified of serial killers in like late elementary school middle school and how michael myers was just terrifying and my sister had the halloween theme song as her ringtone on her phone i would get spooked and then uh, a few years ago i watched the movie and i was like well that was not scary at all <laughs> from a modern horror's perspective in my opinion um <laughs> but you know it's a, it's an iconic watershed moment in horror so i you know it's a fun watch but i i did enjoy the 2018 sequel slash reboots Mm -hmm. kind of yeah it was a good time it was a good time um my mom was actually just telling me after i what i like told her this trailer had come out she told me she watched the first time she watched the original halloween movie she was like babysitting Oh my goodness. <laughs> Which is the worst time to watch that movie. Um, I don't think she really was, she was maybe at all familiar with it. I mean, it was probably pretty recent, I guess, at the time. But um, yeah. What do you think of this trailer, Jimmy? Oh, uh, well, so I watched it right when it came out, which was maybe about a week ago now. But then I was starting to rewatch it. I started and you know, I was about 30 seconds in and then I stopped it because I was like, I forgot they showed a lot of stuff in this trailer that I don't necessarily want to see mm-hmm. that I had kind of forgotten about already. So I was like, I'm going to just pause this because I don't want to have all the scares spoiled for me, which I think this trailer does, but I kind of already forgot it anyway. So yeah, I'm, I'm wondering this, this trailer could mean one of two things. One all of the scares are spoiled and like all of that that stuff is spoiled or two there's just a lot more of it in this movie if there's a lot more of it i'm okay with that because i don't i don't want just like a repeat i mean 2018 in a lot of ways revisited some ground from the original it wasn't like it wasn't just like a remake sequel like like force awakens or something like that um but i i definitely think 
I want this one to be a little bit different. If there's more violence in this, that's cool. I want there to be more. I want there to be more slashing in the slasher movie. Yeah, I don't know. I just like <laughs> I'm excited for it because the the you know the reboot sequel sort of thing was a you know fun popcorn horror movie. Mm-hmm. I've only seen it the one time. I'm sure it's not as good the second time. Probably not. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, but I don't know. I just like. If it's just a sequence of random, you know, uh, it's got to be like, I, you know, there's just no drama to this one because it's like there's already going to be another one. So it's like they're not going to kill off Michael Myers. Well, yeah, you know? and it's like, I, I, for sure. I don't understand, at least with what what has been set up in the previous movie and what we've seen this, in this movie's trailer. I don't see how, like, they can get two movies out of this. It just seems like oh they'll they'll like maybe it'll seem like they killed them at the end of this one but nope he's not dead he's still alive somehow. The next one takes place in space. They think <laughs> space will kill him. <laughs> they they just eject it. him from the International Space Station, <laughs> but he's just he's, he's just like alive. floating away. But then he just starts like swimming back. Well, and <laughs> I, I mean, I. I make this I only make this comparison since we just watched a Fast and Furious movie but like I feel like he's just going to start doing more and more things that you that should kill him but aren't going to kill him and so it's going to just at at some point just be like well he's a Fast and Furious character you know Almost. what they're going to need to do you know what they're going to have to result to or is resort to yeah C4 up the butt C4 <laughs> up the butt it's the only way to do it uh I the some of the lines in this trailer are like really bad like at one point um Laurie Strode uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character she says something like he's he's not human with every kill he transcends or something like that <laughs> Well, it seems like they're leaning into him just being completely this, what the uh, essence of evil. I think they even downright said it in the trailer, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, But I like the idea. It's like he's just going from a literally straight line back to his home. So I'd like to imagine that he cannot waver from being an exact straight line. (laughs) He's just, if you stand like destroying to the left, he like can't reach you. (laughs) Or he's just like walking through brick walls. (laughs) um i just i don't know like like you said like where do you go after this one because if you if the whole town i like the idea of the whole town just going to grabbing like shovels and stuff well to just beat the crap out of him. Uh, i feel like, like where do you go from there that's gonna probably happen at the end of the movie but i'm just imagining like people coming up with baseball bats and beating the out of him like everyone's just surrounding him like what's he gonna do he's not like sure he's like this unstoppable force but i don't think he's just gonna be able to kill a crowd of people swinging things at him (laughs) it's like one of those simulators you know it's like the thirty thousand, you know roman soldiers versus 10 u.s marines and yeah it's like they it's like that but michael myers (laughs) um what would be what would be an absurd way way <laughs> absurd direction for this franchise to go? Just Michael Myers in space would be fun, like on a moon base. Is, you know what I'm saying? Who who owns this franchise? Like what company? I think it's Universal's making. This. All right, so they're gonna combine the next one with the next Fast and Furious movie, <laughs> or Jurassic World, or Jurassic World. There we He's, go. 
Michael Myers versus dinosaurs. Let's make it happen. <laughs> I don't Every know. Time I mean, he I kills, he transcends. I'm I'm optimistic just because I don't know, it seems like I understand them wanting to have multiple sequels to that reboot since it was very successful, but it feels like it to me it feels like a writer decision to want to make this one two parts instead of just making it two sequels that weren't shot back to back. So I don't is know. Okay, is this a part one, part two sort of deal? I think so because a... I, I think so because I think this next one is coming out the very next year. I think they shot them back to back. Well, I know they shot them back to back, but I don't know if it was like literally like that's my guess is that's how they're gonna treat it i don't know um well you know i reckon that they just need to find all of his horcruxes and destroy those and then you know then they just gotta find draco's wand and they're set um yeah (laughs) that's what do you think would kill michael my i mean other than c4 up the bum because that's that's the obvious direction i don't know man i think they just need to shoot him in the head i don't think anyone's done that before (laughs) (laughs) um but i i bet he's a a bullet sponge you gotta just he is a bullet sponge boss well like like jamie lee curtis shot him in the last movie once or twice but i think each time it was just like in the arm or something so it was something that he can just power through shoot him in the heart in the head something what heart am i right holden i can't wait for love to to win in the end yes love i can't wait for jamie lee curtis to sacrifice herself in the final movie yeah um i do like the kind of the idea of him just like taking out all the firefighters yeah also how does that happen (laughs) i think uh I I I'm, I would love to see just them powering him down with the hose, and he's just walking towards them still, like. All right, I think he's we've basically been on the- <laughs> Mr. X. You know, he is basically Mr. X from Resident Evil. Okay, but he, he I, uh, he's not. He doesn't have as much protein in his diet. I think we're done talking about this. We talking about this for a long time. No, you know what? He's gonna get drafted by the NFL, and he's Bill Belichick's next uh, ace up his sleeve to bring the another eight Super Bowls to the. New I don't know England who Patriots. that is. I don't know the who coach that is. of the New England Patriots who oh, okay. finds ways to cheat and win, and he's get. I'm just saying the third one. He's in the NFL. Okay. Um. Well, I'm giving this uh, a broca. <laughs> I'm gonna even get a Hiddleston. Oh, yeah. Dang it. We talked about this too long. I forgot about the rules we set up earlier in the podcast. It was all a ploy by me to get you to forget and look like a fool. (laughs) Okay. What Um, a great episode so far, honestly. (laughs) Okay, the next trailer uh, is the new Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Seven Rings, or Ten Rings? Ten Rings, I think. Ten Rings. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings trailer. Um... Yeah, so uh, we the first one came out not too long ago, and I actually I, I when I typed this in on IMDb, the first one's called a teaser trailer, but it's longer than this official trailer. <laughs> I don't understand the the teaser and trailer line is being it blurred. Doesn't, it does not make sense. Um. Anyway, what do you think of this? You know, I the one thing that stands out to me is that. Okay, first off, it looks de- it looks decent. It looks different mm-hmm. from other MCU movies. I, I'm, I'm liking that. I, I, I tend to like the kung fu sort of action style. I think it's pretty entertaining. But the one thing that just strikes me 
in a way that it makes me a little bit more skeptical or not just like not that this is going to ruin the movie but it just looks really dependent on cgi i don't know if you got that it doesn't from this it, trailer yeah in certain parts it definitely does i think i'm going to be interested as more stuff comes out about it because some of like the like the actual like fist fights and stuff it's kind of hard to tell how much of that is in camera so i but don't just know. like the environments and yeah it just looks kind of not as good as a lot of other things, I guess, that the MCU has made. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we'll see. I think it looks interesting. I mean, he's got daddy issues. I'm imagining yeah. the dad's going to die at the end and then he's going to have all the rings. Maybe he only has five rings. And Maybe like, the sequel, he has to find the rest of the rings. And then he's, yep, and... Then he has a ring pop is one of the other rings. Oh, that'd be good. Uh, one of the things that um, I actually I saw this before I watched the trailer was at the very end. There's a creature that resembles uh, Abomination from the, the really not very good Edward Norton Hulk movie. He's the villain in that played by Tim Roth. Um, Yeah, so I don't know. You probably don't even know. <laughs> know that do you, i've did, seen it okay the, like the the evil hulk in that movie people think that like the big monster he fights looks a lot like him and he's one of the only mcu villains that doesn't die <laughs> in like the movie it's introduced in so technically he's still alive in this universe all right um you know i i'm excited for it still it comes out early september so that's not yep. that far away when does eternals come out november November. I'm more excited about the Eternals, I think. But okay, I don't know which one I'm more excited for. I mean, I guess from the director, yeah, just from the director alone, Eternals. It'll be fun to have Aquafina in the MCU. Yeah, we're less than two weeks away from Black Widow. I keep forgetting that. That's not going to be this next episode of the podcast. It's going to be the one two weeks. I can't wait for that movie to be all right. (laughs) (laughs) As uh. Uh, when Jimmy and I went and saw F9, I leaned over to him after the Black Widow footage played. I'm like, we have seen the same footage for like the past year and a half. <laughs> I still think Taskmaster looks pretty dumb. I like, though, like, I kind of like what you can costume. do with it. I like, was, I like the idea behind Taskmaster. I don't he know. looks like he's from a, one of the GI Joe movies from ten years ago. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know. So. Uh, anyway, Shang Chi, Brokaw. We are, we are moving. Shang Chi. I'm gonna give it a Bergeron. This is extra, not uh, rapid fire today. What are I, we gonna talk about with F9? A movie that literally is about nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, the only delay this week, although this is one that you you will care about, Jimmy, is that Dune was delayed three more weeks. We're gonna have to th- wait three extra weeks for this movie. Uh, it was pushed from October 1st to October 22nd, which I'm like, won't that conflict with Halloween Kills? Yes, it will. But that's also my birthday weekend. So Ooh. happy birthday to me. Is that... I don't think the trailer said ha- for Halloween Kills. I don't know what week that for sure comes out. But regardless, like, came out that's that just weekend. putting it in more competition, Wait, what? It comes out that I thought weekend? So, no, I thought something else big was coming out that weekend, but... Here, I'll... Uh, you keep talking if you have anything to say about it. Uh, we're talking about June. June. 
now well now that spiral is out of the way i will say that dune is now the movie i'm most excited about oh i i see dune uh was pushed back to make room for a hotel transylvania (laughs) four on the first of october i cannot wait to oh my okay let me read off to you everything that's coming out on the 22nd dune the new wes anderson movie the french dispatch last night in soho and uh jackass (laughs) four I was thinking last night in Soho, but also the French ditch, this dish patch, dish French uh, patch. Halloween Kills comes Kids. out the week before this one, actually. That's a lot of movies. They're going to have to move something. Yeah. I'm guessing Wes Anderson and Edgar Wright get the boot. Especially Wes Anderson. I don't think we, I don't, I don't know there is a trailer out for that. I don't know. Do you think it'd be smart for June to come out in December? And then they could I mean, say "Happy Dune December." <laughs> I don't think they'd do that. I mean, I know that he has no control over the marketing, but I'm guessing uh, Denis Villeneuve would not like that. <laughs> coming Dune, coming Dune. That would be good. Do that one. Meet your Dune. Yeah, actually, from October through December, it looks like it's a pretty busy season. It always is. Supposedly, you know. Matrix Four is still coming out this year. I'll believe uh, it when I see it. A movie that I continually forget exists. <laughs> anyway, uh, Dune uh, Bombadil for me. Yeah, I'm gonna give that a Bombadil. That was unless, the- except it's kind of a good birthday present at the same time. Except, what are we gonna review that weekend? We'll obviously do Hotel but, uh, Hotel Transylvania Four. Can't wait. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, now on to actual news. Um, there was some big news regarding the new Transformers movie, Jimmy. I know you don't care so much about Transformers, but uh, some people out there who are big fans of the of the old cartoons might like this. The new Transformers 7 film, I don't think any director is attached yet, but it's called Rise of the Beasts. It's going to be the Beast Wars. Are you familiar with Beast Wars? No. Okay, it's basically Transformers, except they're, like, robotic animals. Anyway, uh, so Optim- so the only casting has been that Optimus Primal, that's his name, Optimus Primal, is going to be voiced by Ron Perlman. Uh, it's apparently being released July 24th of next year. I'll be- Once again, I'll believe it when I see it, because as far as I know, they haven't even started filming this movie yet. Um I think it'll roll out a little later than that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and uh, for anyone who cares about the timeline of these movies, not that it really matters. Apparently, it's set some. Apparently, it's set between Bumblebee and the Michael Bay movies. Even though I was always under the impression that Beast Wars was like prehistoric stuff, which wouldn't make any sense. But I don't know. Are you telling me that John Cena is not a prehistoric military commander or whatever he is in that movie? Oh, yeah, John Cena's in that movie, isn't he? I saw that movie, and I didn't remember that. I didn't see that movie, and for some reason, I do yeah, remember that. Yeah, why do you remember that? <laughs> I, I don't know. Anyway, you have any thoughts on this, Jimmy? I don't care about this movie. I'm going to give it a Bombadil, because I think, uh, you know what? I just These can just stop coming out. I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give it a uh, Bergeron. There we go. 
news about the uh, Rogue Squadron movie that's uh, being directed by Patty Jenkins, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, so they have a, uh, a writer involved, uh, Matthew Robinson. Apparently, he has previously worked on um, Love and Monsters from last year. I never saw it. I heard it was decent. Um, <laughs> One of my coworkers is named Matthew Robinson. I'll really? Ask him how the uh, how the, oh, the Rogue Squad- Squadron script is coming along. Uh, but he he worked on uh, Love and Monsters. Uh, the Dora movie from like two years ago that I forgot was happening. And apparently he's worked on the scripts for the little shop of horrors remake and the edge of tomorrow sequel that I think both have yet to be made, but I still okay. need to see edge of tomorrow. That's been on my watch list. I swear for like eight years. I remember since liking it. it yeah. I remember liking it eight years ago or whatever, but I have not seen it since I saw it in theaters. So for a movie that stars Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt, Mm-hmm. That movie is just completely under everyone's radar, except for the people who've seen it and apparently love it. So. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Any, any I thoughts will give on this, this a Bergeron, as long as it's not the same person who wrote Wonder Woman 84. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that... Pat- didn't Patty Jenkins write it? I, I don't oh, know. Maybe not. I could be thinking... Anyway, yeah, Bergeron from me too. Uh, so Ari Aster's new film, Disappointment Boulevard. I think I had mentioned that title before on the podcast. Uh, it's some drama that he's making. But anyway, he uh, has come out with a couple of casting announcements. Uh, first off, Amy Ryan, who the only thing that I recognized her from was she's, um, I can't even remember the character's name, but she's the uh, lady that Michael Scott marries in The Office. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, boy, that's going to bother me now. Anyway. Hallie? What? No. Is it Hallie? No. It might be Hallie. I, I feel like it starts uh, with an H. I don't know. Anyway, but the the other one that you may be more excited for uh, is Joaquin Phoenix, who famously played a clown. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> Yeah, uh, Joaquin Phoenix in an Ari Aster film is going to be interesting. I think that, that will be interesting. I'm guessing, I mean, I don't know. It's just a straight-up drama. Drama. I mean, I don't even think, I don't remember if any plot has been released about this movie yet, but I think in terms of genre, he said it's like drama, it's not horror. But I'm guessing it's still going to have horror elements. I don't know. Still be a uh, little disturbing. I don't know. I mean, I guess uh, Broca, I guess. I don't know. I'm not a big Joaquin Phoenix person. Um, uh, I'm going to give it a Hiddleston. <laughs> what did I give it? A Bergeron? Did I give it a Broca? I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. Anyway, Michael Scott's wife, his name is Holly. So Holly. Nice. Okay. There we go. Uh, yeah. Uh, Hiddleston Spoilers. from me. <laughs> spoilers for the office <laughs> if you haven't seen it it's on peacock maybe yeah it's on peacock i believe um another exciting director's new film uh damien chazelle's new film babylon has cast a couple new people uh, olivia wilde um who is an actress but she is also most recently uh directed book smart which was a good movie I quite liked that. And then uh, <laughs> Toby Maguire. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen Toby Maguire in anything in, like, ages. When was... What was the last thing he was in? I don't know. 
Like, I feel like I remember seeing some, him in something maybe 2013, but even that seems a little recent. I mean, he'll be in No Way Home, maybe. Yeah, but, maybe. Uh, it's it's Toby's coming back. Yeah, I mean, I... I don't think he, I don't, I don't really know why he fell off the face of the earth. That maybe it's some personal thing. If so, I mean, that's fair, but I, he's not like a bad actor or anything. And <laughs> yeah. Very uh, bizarre. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see him come back. I, it'll be, I'm guessing this movie's just going to be a love letter to singing in the rain. From what I understand, I know that's like I, Damien Chazelle's well, favorite movie of all time. So. Well, Damien Chazelle, I saw in the article I was reading about this, he described it as the Great Gatsby on steroids. <laughs> the Great Gatsby on steroids. Yeah. So he's rich and he's buff. Well, I I thought that was in. Oh, the Great Gatsby is probably the most recent oh, yeah, thing I, I saw him in. Toby Maguire was in that movie. <laughs> it was like 2012. He's the, he's the point of view guy, right? Yeah, yeah. I forget his name. I forgot he's in that movie. Yeah, that's I probably what it was. I have not seen that movie. Um, interesting. I'm going to give this a Hiddleston. Yeah, Hiddleston for me too. Good casting. It's a, lo- it's a love letter to Singing in the Rain. You know it to be true, Damien Chazelle. It is set in the 20s though, so I think that's part of where his quote comes from. Um, okay, and then this was interesting news from Quentin Tarantino. He just had an interview recently uh, where he reemphasized his decision to retire after his 10th movie. That's not the interesting part, though. Uh, apparently, for his 10th movie, he considered doing a remake of Reservoir Dogs. Um, and he said in the interview... What? I would say... I said what that would be a disappointment. Oh, that would be a disappointment. But he said something in the interview like, yeah, for my 10th movie, I considered making... Uh, I, I considered making a remake of Reservoir Dogs, but internet, no, I'm not doing that. That was just a fleeting thought. It was not something I I, I started really working on. Um, but anyway, I I'm in in one sense I was like, well, I mean, I guess it would bring his career full circle. And he had previous. I don't think I had mentioned on the podcast, but he had previously said like, well, if I ended with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like that would be a good note for me to go out on. So, I mean, I guess if, if he had wanted to do that and make Once Upon his last original movie, good on him creatively, but I'm more excited to see something original from him. Yeah, I want to see something original. Uh, Reservoir Dogs is probably my least favorite movie of his. I know people really like it. It just wasn't my cup of tea. Um, I guess I haven't seen Death Proof or whatever, but he doesn't even count that one as one of his nine, does he? I think he does. Yeah, he does, because Kill Bill 1 and 2 count as 1. Okay, I still think he might have. I don't know what he, uh, you know, I don't know. Quentin Tarantino, he just, whatever, however he wants to count. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I just do something original. Be awesome, Quentin Tarantino. Go out with a bang. Yep. Uh, so, Hiddleston, I guess. I think we keep switching between Broca and Hiddleston. I think I meant to say Hiddleston for the last one, too. I'm going to say Bergeron, since it was not really any news, other than it won't be a remake of Reservoir Dogs. Fair enough. Um, there's a movie adaptation being made of Polly Pocket. <laughs> you remember Polly Pockets? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, I didn't have as many of, as you did, though. Yeah, well, I, I do have a shelf in my room just dedicated to my Polly Pocket play sets. Um, anyway, apparently it's... 
I, I didn't. I, it was weird. There's just one article about this, but uh, Lily Collins is going to star in it. It's Why are be, we talking about this, Holden? I don't know. I just thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Bombadil. There the next one go. is actually pretty funny, though. Okay. Um, there is a Pop Tarts movie being made. It's called. Why are we talking about this? No, one? just wait. Just wait. It's called Unfrosted. It's going to be a comedy focusing on the creation of Pop Tarts. And it's going to be directed, co written, and starring Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> are Pop Tarts the ones that eat each other? Or is that something else? What's. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Pop Tarts? The, the things you. The, you oh, put but them no, in the no, no, but, but, I, but. Yeah, I know that. But. Uh, no, Pop Tarts is the, the commercials are the kid keeps luring the Pop Tarts into different death traps. Is that what it is? I think so. I don't know. I the ones I always the ones that eat each other are Cinnamon Toast Crunch, yeah. or at least they were for a while. On we need a Cinnamon Toast Crunch movie. Yeah, rated I will, R. <laughs> this un this Pop Tarts movie was weird because I was reading this article and it's like it's been written for a while and people have been like there's been a bidding war over it netflix actually purchased it like finally bought it for a bunch of money but apparently people really want this jerry seinfeld pop tarts movie now there are two types of people (laughs) in the world there's people who toast it and there's people who don't toast it both ways are correct people there's no right way to eat a pop tart okay i don't eat them toasted <laughs> I, I think they're just better just rip them open and eat them cold man i you know what eat them I, raw. Don't think, I don't think i've ever had a pop tart really yeah I staple have. in my my home growing up well how are you gonna keep <laughs> you weren't very uh, good at keeping your papers together then if that's what you use for staples wow okay <laughs> Still that was uh, Jimmy, Jimmy's classic attempts at humor, everyone. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'll give this a Hiddleston, I guess. I don't know. Hiddleston. I'm, I'm kind of excited. I mean, that's going to just be on Netflix. I think it'll be, it could be very entertaining. Hiddleston. Uh, that's it for me, though. We're done with we're done with the Toms. We're done unless with we this. unless you have any like game stuff. I didn't find anything. Mm, I think there was like a rumor that there might be a smaller ghost of Tsushima standalone game coming out pretty soon but uh <laughs> that's just a rumor that would be really cool if it does um otherwise uh no let's go on to our our discussion of uh loki, loki episode three with uh L- lamentus i think it's called okay Loki episode three. Uh, I actually hadn't watched this until last night. I'm I'm being really bad about watching these right when they come out. Like I'm always very because like I love this series so far, and I'm very excited when new episodes come out. And then I just don't get around to doing it until later on. Um, but I guess it's it's helpful, so it's fresh in my mind. The new Loki episode. Um. Anyway, so first two episodes. Uh, obvious spoilers obviously for uh, loki so far we ain't gonna we ain't gonna do a non-spoiler section um but we quite like the loki series so far first two episodes i think we both gave like a nine out of ten um and this one i think is also pretty solid um 
people don't like it as much just because it doesn't really further the plot too much. It's mostly a character study of of the two uh, kind of main characters in this episode, which are Loki. It's not Loki and Mobius. It's Loki and uh, Lady Loki, or as we now know Sylvie. her, Sylvie. Yeah, I know Sylvie. Um, but yeah, uh, what do you think, Jimmy? Uh, I like this episode. I mean, I did watch it almost a week ago now, so I'm glad you're fresh. You can <laughs> remind me of everything that goes on. I did like this episode. Uh, it doesn't does it advance the plot a ton? No, but I do think it really develops our characters, and I, I think that is you know you need to have character development in order to have a story. Mm-hmm. I mean, pl- story is half character development, half plot. So people are like, oh, "There's no plot. It's just a filler." I'm like. Well, but they're developing the characters, so there is the story is moving forward, just not well, in the traditional plot sense. It's interesting. I feel like another argument people have is that even as like a character-driven episode, like you don't learn that much about Sylvie, like like at least her background. You learn a little bit, but mostly what you learn is just how she's different from Loki like what her ideals kind of are like where she lies she def- she definitely is like a Loki like you can tell she has she's very similar in a lot of ways but I think different facets of her personality are more accentuated than uh than Tom Hiddleston Loki's is yeah I like how they're different now they're not just the same um mm-hmm. I thought I just thought the setting was really cool. It just it reminded me of especially when they're in the city of like the episode two lower levels of Coruscant and the Tower oh, of yeah. Clones, you know, like that certain aesthetic. The um, <laughs> the city actually reminded me a lot of the like main city in Total Recall, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. No, I haven't seen it. So. Um yeah. Uh, but I also liked the train reminded me of Snowpiercer a little bit. With the, oh, yeah. The super nice train and all the, the people trying to get on board and, and stuff like that. And So I, I I like the idea of her, like, Jedi mind tricking people. And I, I understand that some people are like, this whole episode was just in Loki's head or something is the theory. I don't think so. I think Mobius is just going to come and save the day would mm-hmm. be my guess. I think that's kind of what they want you to think, at least at first when they're kind of introducing that concept. Because I, I, I was on, I hadn't even heard that theory yet because I had kind of stayed away from stuff about this episode. And I kind of thought that on my own. I was like, oh, is this all in Loki's head? But I don't know. I feel like, especially since this episode doesn't like conclude with like it being revealed that it was in his head or anything i feel like spending more than one episode on that kind of thing would be very disappointing and lame so i feel like that's not what it is heck of a wonder at the end of this episode that's yeah i remembered um really cool i I don't know if they used the volume for that or just a big set i it was it was really cool however they did it i kind of see i mean Obviously, there's a lot of like CG explosions and stuff at the in that ending scene, but it seems like the sets are pretty practical. And I know CG is very convincing now and everything, but I I would not be surprised if it's a full set. They actually blew up a rocket. Yeah, <laughs> blew up the big rocket, biggest rocket ever made. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I, that was at first that one. Or I was a little bit like, oh. I, 
at the at like the beginning part of it they were it was like a lot of places where they could obviously cut away and i was like well i mean it's cool that they're at least making it look like this but i can f- i feel like this isn't actually a lot in camera and then towards like the second half of it it was a lot more oh i think this is all done at once yeah like the first part where it cuts when it like goes into the smoke or whatever and the explosion happens and he's on the yeah. ground that was and, very yeah and then it like cut, looks at the then. sky or whatever yeah um, but, uh, I, you know, I, I'm a sucker for oneers. I just think they're, they're really cool. They really immerse you in what's going on. And, and with such a frantic, chaotic scene, it almost, that is like a critical plot point. I think being immersed in that really helps convey the emotions of the scene, uh, very well. In terms of tone, even though I know it's like very different settings and everything, it kind of reminded me of the true detective one yeah (laughs) (laughs) which that one's great i that one that one is better but it kind of gave me similar vibes even though just completely different settings and tones between but just the way they filmed it i think um we we do learn a couple things in this episode uh number one is that uh sylvie seems to indicate a few things that number one the tva is like probably a fascist organization Mm-hmm. which we said last week that we're not geniuses. I think everybody's kind of on that trail. <laughs> um, so number one, TVA, probably the bad guys. Uh, and number two, that everybody at the TVA is, I guess, just a person that they they just kind of They were variants. Yeah. Time-napped or variants. How do you become a variant without... Well, I was trying time travel. I don't understand. One of the things that confused me about this episode is I know Sylvie's like Sylvie as as a character is very different than Tom Hiddleston Loki. But if they're both variants off of the same timeline, why do they have like such different experiences with like their mothers? That's why I'm confused because if everything kind of happens the same, why are they so different? Yeah. Well, and I mean, I guess, you know, Sylvie's been on the run for for years and whatever. So I guess like through all that time, she could kind of be become more cynical and whatever and kind of developed her own thing. But the backstory, like Loki mentions that she he learned magic from his mom and she mentions that she taught it to herself. And I assume she didn't go on the run from the TVA until she was an adult. So like I would assume everything up until that point would be the same between the two very weird yeah. i'm not exactly sure how it how it works or maybe she's just not loki yeah i think that's also a possibility but i also don't know who she i mean i guess i guess we don't need to know who she is but like well, i guess some people are thinking she's the enchantress um, yeah i don't know anything about her so but. she's a yeah she's a villain from the comics and i could see that Although I feel with the development in this episode, I would just prefer her to be like another Loki. I'd prefer her to be kind of kind of a hero alongside kind of a hero Tom Hiddleston Loki and where they take down the TVA. I don't want her to just be enchantress and then be like evil. I don't know. But they like take down the TVA and they're like, oh my gosh, they're good guys. And then they just like kick a puppy or something. Yeah. So they're, <laughs> they're still not completely. They're not good completely. Guys. They're anti heroes. Or they blow up a bunch of people or something. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Morgan Lowenth. What's her name? Who? From uh, 
Captain, no, not uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier it was like something. Oh yeah, um, or something. Yeah, <laughs> don't even remember. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I like this episode still. I just liked the setting of it. I thought it was mm-hmm. quirky and and weird, and it was a change of pace. You know, no Owen Wilson, Mobius, which is a little bit of a bummer, but I, I still like the chemistry between Sylvie and Loki. So yeah. I, I think I'm still going to go an 8 out of 10. Same. I uh, it, it always impresses me because <laughs> I, I can only imagine if I were in the actress who plays like Sylvie, if I were in her shoes, I would just be terrified because from what I can tell, she like, she hasn't done a ton, at least of like on screen work before this series. And like working alongside someone like Tom Hiddleston, I would just be terrified. But she's very good. Yeah, very I impressive. She seemed very confident. Yeah. And uh, very, very impressive comfortable. Um and yeah. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, eight and eight and a half, I think I'll go. Um one thing I <laughs> I feel like a lot of people are picking up on this online. I wonder how you feel about this, but like <laughs> there seems to be like romantic tension between the two a little bit. Did you pick up on that? Um, What was I trying to... Well, I mean, Loki, I guess, would be in love with himself, so I can Yeah, say. well, that's what I was... He's like a narcissist, so that would be kind of funny, but <laughs> I don't know. It was very weird to me. I was like, there's some like tension here. Disney's Aside from not just, gonna go there. No, it's not. That would be that would be too weird, <laughs> too weird for Disney. I think they'll kill your parents, but they they're not gonna allow that to happen. No, no. Anyway, yeah, eight and a half. Good show. Keep it going. Keep it going, Loki. We got three episodes left. Wow. Very excited. Already halfway there. Now we're getting to the crazy stuff. Apparently, mm-hmm. so uh, uh, hold on to your butts. Hold on to your butts. In the meantime, let's do our non-spoiler review of F9. F9. Okay, so um, before we start F9, I do want to mention how... On, as of last week's podcast, I had mentioned how I had only seen the first two Fast and Furious movies by that point. Um, so in between us recording on that Tuesday and us seeing it on Friday, I watched every single other Fast and Furious movie. Uh, I watched two a day. I okay, I didn't watch. I didn't rewatch Hobbs and Shaw because I had seen that one before. Not that it really even matters for this movie, um, but. I saw all of them. I saw them actually in chronological order. So I technically Tokyo Drift takes place after six. So I took three and and put it after six or whatever. Watched them all. That was just what my brain was for like four days straight since I watched F9 on Friday. Um, But (laughs) I grew to really enjoy the movies. Um, it took a few to get there. I think I'm, I'm of the popular opinion that it gets good at, at, at the fifth one. I think five is very entertaining. I like six and seven even more than that. Um, but yeah, uh, quite liked them. Um, and the other thing, oh, I mentioned this to Jimmy and Jimmy will talk about, I, I bet he'll mention this when uh, he gets to F9, but 
these movies are like incomprehensible if you haven't seen the other ones or it's very like difficult to understand like who everyone is and what's happening these movies are very important to see like all of them before you see the which seems stupid because these movies are stupid but there's a lot of just reoccurring plot threads and characters between all these movies um but. I mean, I'm going to disagree with that because I like I knew what was going on. I obviously missed references, but I was like, oh, this person's from an old movie or they're referencing someone from an old movie. It wasn't like I wasn't knowing. It was completely comprehensible. It was just I was missing some of the extra bits of, of information oh, okay. Okay. in the background. Um, this. Yeah. So I've only seen Hobbs and Shaw and I hated that movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was looking forward to it, too. I will say I had such a great time for the first 15 minutes of this movie. And then I was bored out of my mind for the last two hours of it. That is about (laughs) my stance. Holden can attest to that. We went to this movie together. I was giggling like a little boy at a candy store. He was laughing like harder than I'd seen him laugh in a long time. And the first action scene in this movie is the best one. I, I enjoyed most of the rest of the movie. More a lot more than Jimmy did, but it it does peak early on. Absolutely ridiculous <laughs> in the best way possible. <laughs> um, incredible. I mean, just incredible. I was just giggling and giddy, and one of the most fun fifteen minutes I've ever had going to a movie theater. And then just the rest of it, I was falling asleep. <laughs> And I would say anything else that's like interesting action-wise in the movie is all in the trailer after that. So, yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I I agree. That opening action scene is just phenomenal, and I um I am of the opinion I think Seven is my favorite one, and I think that's the only action scene in this movie that surpasses the ending in Seven because the ending in Seven is also just bonkers. That's the one that's directed by James Wan, but that movie, that, that climax in that movie is just insane. I think I probably still preferred that climax a little bit because it is longer, so you get more of it um, than that opening scene in this movie. Um, but she whiz, that opening scene in this is great. Um, <laughs> Other, I mean, I'm sorry. I guess there is like an opening opening scene that's kind of a prologue to the movie. I'm talking after. Well, yeah, that is yeah. kind the, of ridiculous the first action scene too. <laughs> I was laughing at that too, and it was not yeah, to be a laughing <laughs> that was time. pretty funny. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So the plot of this movie, um, it is if if you just do not want to watch all of them, I do recommend you at least watch the eighth one. I feel like this one connects. Oh, eighth, the eighth one ends on like a very inconclusive note, and it feels like this one just kind of follows that very naturally so if you have to only if you only want to watch one or as few as possible just watch the eighth one um but yeah i mean it's it's a continuation of that movie um they're trying to get a thing the bad guys are trying to get a thing the the fast and furious crew are uh you know they're they want to stop them from getting that thing i feel like that plot has been used in at least two or three of the other movies (laughs) so far (laughs) Um, but the, the big twist this time is that John Cena is here. 
Um, it's heavily marketed. It's in the trailers, posters, everything. So it's not really a spoiler. Um, can I say who he is? Do you think? Does anyone? I care? don't care. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, he's Dom's brother. That's been said from like the first trailer or whatever. Um, but yeah, he's Vin Diesel's brother. Even though they just look, they do not look anything alike at all they look completely different ages too like it's just they there's no way these two people would be brothers um even in their younger counterparts they don't look like brothers um but yeah uh john cena doesn't get as much play in this movie as you'd think like he's not in this movie that much compared to everyone else kind of surprising what'd you think of that I thought this movie was so boring. They kept going into flashbacks. They did. I do not care. I do not care. I understand. They have a conflict. (laughs) It surrounds this one incident. I do not care. One incident. Yeah. The Fast and Furious movie... I mean, the Fast and Furious movies are not like the Saw movies where they're overly reliant on flashbacks or anything. Like, the Saw movies have them every movie. That's just kind of a staple of those films. But this movie is so weird because none of the other ones really have that many. Um, and it but, was not to pad out the runtime. They had plenty no, of runtime. Yeah. Two hours and 20 minutes. Yeah. So. yeah they, I mean, I understand. Have the flashback scene at the beginning of the movie. Maybe one more flushing out the brothers, you know, kind of their thing. Uh, but, like, just cut out the rest of them. You don't need all of those. And, like, the, the young Vin Diesel was pretty cringy funny. Like, he was just trying to do a Vin Diesel impression, but he wasn't very good at it. I can relate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you heard the beginning of this podcast. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, what is there to say non-spoiler-wise? If you don't absolutely love the Fast and the Furious movies do not see this movie there you go there's your review i'm gonna give it a three out of ten i'm going to hmm i'm probably gonna give it a this is hard for me uh in my rankings seven is my favorite and probably six then five then this i think i liked this more than eight so i'll give this like a six and a half yeah that seems solid Six? No, I'll just give it a six. I give seven like an eight. That's my favorite one. So, yeah, this gets a this gets a six. Wow, you said a lot of numbers there. <laughs> you may have referenced F9? the Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman thriller movie Seven. Uh, Perhaps and, I did. Uh, I do not think I said that number at all during that. You bit. did say. You oh said yeah, I, did. I gave I, seven I, and eight. Oh yeah. <laughs> That was probably that confusing. That was incomprehensible. I apologize. Uh, no, I, I followed you, but I just thought it was funny that you were just listing. You were saying a sentence with so many numbers in it. <laughs> um, so let's go on to our spoiler review. All right. Um, yeah. First off, Holden, before we dive into it, again, if you don't want to have f9 spoiled for you because that would be a tragedy uh the time codes are in the description as always skip ahead listen to what are you doing or you know you can find another episode you want to listen to as well but uh that's uh or if you just don't want to hear anything else about f9 
because it's I don't know it's not very good. Uh, <clears throat> all right, our spoiler review of, of F nine. Yeah. Um. So. I don't know. Where should we start? Want to start with that opening action scene? Well, actually, let's start with the very opening, which we did both laugh at. It's a flashback. First of all, they use the old Universal logo, which is such a cliche at this point. Like, it's so overdone. Why? I was like, what is going on? Yeah. I mean, it it was so. They only did that because it started in a flashback. But I've seen. I feel like. like, Did they use the new music, too? Or was I. Am I missing it? I think they used the old music. Okay. Um, but it, it's just like it's such a cliche. Like anytime any Universal movie starts out in a flashback or whatever, or is like set in an old, like older setting, they always do that. It's not. It's not even like novel anymore. Um, anyway, uh, opening racetrack scene of Vin Diesel's dad is racing or whatever, and then gets into this ridiculous car accident that just makes no sense his like, car literally launches yeah it's like a hot wheel they and they kind of i they vaguely explain later on why it just kind of starts on fire because that didn't make any sense at first so that part kind of makes sense later on but it li- yeah. yeah it just launches in the air and it's like rolling against the fence and it explodes in the biggest fireball imaginable. And they yeah. do explain it later with the whole Jacob causing this leak thing. Yeah. To throw the race. But again, if that's something highly flammable, <laughs> you're not actually going to be doing that. Like, no. You can throw a race. Maybe you just... Because wasn't he... Uh, he's intentionally trying to throw the race, right? Yeah, he's trying to throw the race. So, why would you, you know, do maybe just not race as well <laughs> yeah like why would you like you don't need to just like risk your life for it i don't well i don't even understand like what his end game there was because he's like he's he's very well versed in cars and he's making something leak that he knows when it leaks it'll like set on fire didn't make any sense just like swerve out a little bit or something like I don't know if you really want someone to like screw up your car so you don't drive as well like I don't know screw up a tire or something I don't (laughs) I don't know how racing works but don't just like make your car extra flammable yeah I that was nonsensical uh much like this entire movie (laughs) but uh, yeah I mean out of context of what you find out later hilarious (laughs) absolutely hilarious it's supposed to be like this tragic moment and it is just uh, it is so funny um and then we get the whole sequence uncharted I mean it it becomes an uncharted movie which is great (laughs) this whoever directed this needs to direct the uncharted movie too late whatever but uh incredible yeah this is uh this one's directed by justin lynn who did i think three through six and then he didn't direct the seventh or so he directed some good ones some bad ones and i think this one's right in the middle of the ones he directed but the landmine sequence is just unbelievable Mm -hmm. i mean 
just the cars just blowing up randomly and then they're just driving over landmines and they're just okay well and like okay so half of the crew you know Ludacris and uh michelle rodriguez like some of them they're in armored jeeps which still doesn't make any sense but you know they're armored jeeps but then you just have vin diesel in like a sports like muscle car just driving over all of these <laughs> over all these landmines explosions happening around them constantly it is hilarious i mean that's incredible and then when the like uh whatever armored vehicle like launches and gets stuck in between the two rocks and it's like falling down Mm -hmm. yeah like a la chamber of secrets or jurassic park and they gotta get out and there's a landmine right at the bottom i was dying i just (laughs) i haven't laughed so hard in my life well, don't forget when they're driving over the landmines and the helicopters come too and just start shooting <laughs> missiles at them. <laughs> oh, and then the bridge. I mean, it's all glorious. And well, yeah. The, the, I mean, we had seen, we had seen like them hooking and swinging that, which is still, I, it was still funny this time because then as soon as they detach, they like crash and roll the car, but they're both completely fine. Yeah, they would and, be pancake. They would be so dead. Yeah, if that was real assuming life. that assuming that you could even swing on a rope with a car, <laughs> like. But um, I the part that I really liked that I don't think was in the trailer was when the rope bridge was going out, and it's just very obviously like at a ninety degree angle with the cliff, and then Ludacris and his jeep just drives up it. I'm like, there is nothing to have traction with. Like you can't drive up the thing like it does not matter you can't drive on nothing (laughs) oh my gosh hilarious the complete disregard for physics in this movie is its strong suit it's hilarious oh and is the is the beginning scene the one where vin diesel catches michelle rodriguez with his car like she gets launched or whatever and then he just drives under where she's gonna land and she just lands on it well, there's a couple times where people get caught by cars. Yeah. I think at the end, too, Vin Diesel catches uh, John Cena with his car. and Oh, yeah. You're right. The ending was disappointing in terms of there was so much... There were so many places to go with the magnet cars. I just don't think they leaned into it enough. Um, the absurdity <laughs> of it. I mean, it was absurd at times. But... Uh, I'm mean, the best part of it is when they're like <laughs> making the huge armored transport thing go at like a ninety degree, which angle. is still great. Which it was in the trailer, those, yeah. Well, and um, kind of a a reoccur- an unfortunate reoccurring theme I was noticing with these movies is a lot of the like funniest, stupidest stunts are just in the trailer because, like, I especially for Furious Seven and in the eighth one. I remember those trailers pretty well just because I remember thinking they looked stupid or they were like pretty funny or whatever. Um, but when I watched those movies, like the climaxes of those movies were <laughs> definitely in the trailer. Yeah, which it's a shame. They mm-hmm. need to leave it out for uh, for the good of the theatrical experience. Yeah. Surprise um. us a bit more. I mean, and that's that's part of the reason why we liked the opening one so much is because I mean, I bet there was some. I mean, well, we had the rope swinging and stuff. I bet there was some of the minefield bit in the trailer, but not really to the extent that we saw in the film. 
if um the rope swing bit was not in the trailer i may have died i may have just died of of laughter i'm i think i would have just not i would have died because i would have suffocated because i would not have breathed yeah i can only imagine minutes well um last year when the trailer first came out when we watched it we were dying at that bit in the trailer because we watched it while we were on band tour I remember that we watched it together. <laughs> we were both dying at the, the at the trailer because of the the car, the big truck flipping and the swinging on the rope. Unbelievable! Good uh, stuff. Yeah, the rest of this movie you got Cipher, the lady with the haircut. Mm-hmm. Good classic plot twist where she's not in the drone. At first, I was like, "Wow, they just blew her up." That would have been seems like a pretty significant villain, and they just blew her up, and she wasn't even that big of a part of this movie. Well, okay, that that is the one bit that wasn't in the trailer for the climax that I thought was great. Was that end bit where they're basically like surfing that like big truck, and then Vin Diesel just like flips it and it hits that drone out of midair. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> so stupid. Um yeah. Otherwise, I just this was it was just so much backstory, so much just like, oh, Han is alive. Great. <laughs> Han I, 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 I okay. don't do anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Han doesn't really do anything in this movie. I, Han I, I mean, he's never been like, I mean, not that any of these characters have been deep, but Han's always been very entertaining because he's always kind of, he's been a bit more of like a, of a smart ass. He's always, he loves snacks. He always comes on, he's just munching snacks all the time. And he's, he's just kind of like this charismatic presence in the other movies that are quite enjoyable. And so they used him in the marketing because he died in like this, in Tokyo Drift they used him in the marketing in this so like oh he's alive somehow which by the way the explanation for how he lived did not make any sense um but yeah it, it was he just kind of was alive for the sake of marketing not really anything interesting not really even for the plot it wasn't like even crucial it wasn't even crucial to that it wasn't like any like he came back out of hiding for John Cena or anything like he just kind of appeared <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i was just like all right he's back this character i don't really know him but i guess that's cool and maybe he'll do something interesting and then he didn't he didn't unfortunately so um yep. big thing i guess that we kind of got in the, in the trailer um we were expecting it at some point it happened maybe sooner than i thought uh they went to space in this um, but it was so lame, though. Like, they didn't do anything. Yeah, and I think... I don't know. I don't know if this was their way of, like, introducing it for a future movie. So then, like, right now the technology for their cars is kind of rough, so they can't do much in space. But, like, I don't know. I What would have made that whole sequence infinitely better is if they were, if they were steering the car in space by turning the steering wheel... <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't do that. They actually had like little like boosters on it, kind of like how a space suit like a, a space suit would. And I was like, you know what? This movie's so ridiculous. You missed out on just steering the car through space. That would have been great. 
Well, there's so much space imagery at the end. You gotta think they're really gonna go back. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, I mean, if if this is just you know them being like, oh, we're we're going back, but the technology's just rough right now for the for this universe. I don't know. Fine, I guess. But yeah, they don't. I mean, the the only thing that's like kind of funny is that they just decide to ram into the satellite. <laughs> They just ram into it, and then there's just an explosion in space. And then they're just somehow at the International Space yeah. Station? Yeah. Looks like a that's Pontiac that Fiero. Yeah, that's not how it works. I also, side, a bit of a side note, the ISS is not as big as I always thought it was. I always just assumed it was, I mean, it is, like, big comparatively to, like, me. But it's not, like... <laughs> <laughs> it is it's, smaller I, than Holden. I always just assumed it was this huge thing, but it's it's like I don't know, it's just a lot smaller than I expected when I I was doing some reading on it recently. That's is it probably that. like a house? I don't know. It. I don't even remember how long it was. I just remember being disappointed. Wow. Um. Yeah. Um. Oh, the, I did, I was, we were laughing at the bit, the fight between Vin Diesel and John Cena. They're just like punching holes into concrete <laughs> pillars and like Vin, <laughs> Vin Diesel's head goes through like the door frame. Door frame. Yeah. That bit's pretty, like I, that bit was really funny, but I think I, I, <laughs> John Cena's just punching Vin Diesel and he accidentally hits a pillar and just a big chunk comes out of it. <laughs> that was really funny. Uh, <laughs> I and I just wish there was more of that in this movie because this movie has more downtime than the other ones and it's just not earned in any way even like even as a fan like I just don't care that much I do care like I enjoy the plot the absurd plot lines of this I enjoy the kind of stupid over-the-top characters and watching what they do but there's just there's too much downtime in this movie i need a lot a lot better balance usually these movies end with like a 50 minute climax and that was not in this movie it was more like 25 maybe 30 minutes yeah i i would agree the same the same exact point like there was just way too much downtime like i loved it when it was absurd i know Mm -hmm. some people weren't as happy with that but i'm like please lean into the absurdities it makes it so much more fun so Mm -hmm. uh, i hope they do that with 10 because i think uh obviously i mean at its peak i loved this movie Mm -hmm. um but at its average point i did not like this movie (laughs) um i guess couple notable things if any of you out there have watched the fast and furious movies perhaps didn't notice uh, the Tokyo Drift crew is in this film. Apparently, they're just rocket scientists now. Whatever. <laughs> that was very weird. I th- Those were characters that I always thought that were just going to be one-offs since they didn't really connect too much to like the rest of the films. I think they've shown up briefly in another one. Um, it's just the uh, the music musician Bow Wow and a white guy with a very bad southern accent. Um. Yeah. Anything else you have to le- you have left to say, Holden? I 
don't think so. Yeah. I, I seems, think we're good. I think we're it. good. I think we don't have to talk about it ever again until the no. next one comes out. Until the next one comes out. What's the turnover on these things? Is it going to be a couple years again? It's a couple years because... Uh, oh, my, my dog's barking upstairs. I apologize if, if you hear that. Um, anyway, I, Fate of the Furious came out 2017, I believe. Hobbs and Shaw came out 2019. But I think that was largely a different production crew... And this one was supposed to come out last year. But I think most of them only have like a two-year gap. So I'm going to tentatively say like 2023. I think I saw Vin Diesel said that they're starting production on the next on the last two in January. So 2023 will be my guess. All right, Holden. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? So yeah, I mean, the majority of what I did this week was watch the Fast and Furious films. <laughs> I have to say, I mean, I I highly recommend you check them you all check them out. It's I mean, it is a lot better with friends and there are drinking games that also make them more enjoyable too. Um, but especially once it gets five through eight, all pretty enjoyable films. And I, and you know, I, I did, I made that insensitive Paul Walker joke earlier. I do apologize for that. But, uh, the Paul Walker tribute at the end of Furious 7 is fantastic. It's so, and I mean, everyone was praising it when that movie came out. You know, there's that Wiz Khalifa song that everyone knew, uh, that came out that plays during that scene. It's so good, though. I it was it it I felt it here, Jimmy. I'm patting my my heart. Nice. Um, but it was it was very emotional, very very good. Um. So anyway, yeah, I watched those. The only movie I watched that wasn't related to those was last night. I watched uh, the King of Kong: A Fistful of Quarters. Have you heard of this? No. It's a documentary about. Uh, two people very big in the Donkey Kong scene like Donkey Kong arcade game and it's their kind of rivalry of trying to have the high score um, the worldwide high score this movie is it's great it's it's pretty wild too one of these guys this movie definitely takes a side between two because one of this one guy who's kind of the underdog up-and-comer for this competition He's got, like, a wife, kids, and everything, all that jazz. Um, and they give him a lot of backstory. But this other guy, I I have no doubt this movie slants him a little bit. But some of the stuff he does is just inexcusable. He is a huge ass. He is... He does things that, like, a, mo- like a movie villain would do. But in real life, he, like... <laughs> He, like, has hired goons that he'll send, like, places (laughs) to, like, keep his score intact, to, like, ensure his scores remains the highest score. It is, this, this guy is, like, more absurd than a lot of film villains are, and he really makes this documentary great. Where did you watch this? I bought it. I bought it, like, at a garage sale, because I had heard it was good before, um... And it's this movie. This movie's only like eighty minutes or something, pretty short. Uh, but so I had it on DVD. I'm sure you can find it on Amazon or whatever. Maybe it's on a streaming service. Um, 
fantastic though and it's so interesting it's like a weird even though i love video games like it is a very different area that i am used to it's basically just a bunch of middle-aged guys who are like <laughs> can't let the past go and are very obsessed with arcade games from the from the heyday of the arcades and that's like all they do it's it's so weird very eccentric characters in this movie uh and then the aside from that um i started watching the hbo series sharp objects i'm only one episode into that though that's based off of a book by the same author as gone girl uh but stars amy adams and some other people it's supposed to be really good first episode's good but i don't have a lot to say about it so far um and then i i heard uh mayor of east town is really good so i i was out. between watching those two i want to watch mayor of east town too um but i've been i've been sitting on sharp objects <laughs> i've been sitting on sharp well, objects sounds for a while uncomfortable <laughs> i've been wanting to watch that one for quite a while so i decided to bite the bullet um then the last thing was yesterday i started playing since i'm home and my brother bought it i've been playing resident evil village what do you think i like it a lot um it's it's definitely i mean i the reviews said that it, this it's not as horror focused as seven because there's certain elements that they made easier like crafting materials don't take up inventory space anymore and stuff oh that's really easy though. yeah so like your inventory is not as big of a deal you can i mean you're, there's still a lot of other things you can pick up that you kind of have to deal with but like you don't have to deal with crafting that's kind of you can pick up as much of that as you want um there's certain other bits too i think i'm close to halfway done with it that's a lot of what i've done over the last two days just because i've been at home relaxing um it's not too long of a game um but I quite enjoy it so far. It's if you're wanting to play eight because it's less horror focused, you're not going to understand anything. Like, even though I know you don't love, I don't, you don't love the plot of seven, but like you kind of have to, to understand anything that's happening. You have to at least have played it. You're kind talking of, to me. Yeah. I'm talking to you. I, I never said I wanted to play eight because it's less horror focused. No, I no, I'm I'm for I was referring more to the audience, I guess, in that quote. I was referring to you with the I know you didn't love the plot of seven. I am, um, well, yeah, I guess the end. I don't really remember it towards the end. Yeah, okay, honestly. Anyway, you need to play seven to play eight. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I heard, uh, what's Ethan? Is that the main character? Yeah. Name? I heard he's just terrible. I mean, he's, yeah, he's, he's not very good in seven. I, I don't know. It's hard for me because I don't, <laughs> I'm not going to, I won't get into spoilers, but your wife, that's like the main focus of seven. I also think I, I can't, I think maybe I can't stand her more because I think like with every once again without getting into any plot details like just everything that happens revolving around her like it just seems like like ethan why are you still with her <laughs> just seems like such a hassle and it's talking about seven or are you talking about eight more i'm talking more i'm i'm talking about i didn't have a problem so much with it in seven but i think combined okay. seven with eight it's like 
I feel bad for Ethan at this point. He's just kind of a guy who's kind of caught in the middle of everything. Yeah, he's still not a very good character, though. That's the only sympathy I have for him is just because the other characters I find maybe a little bit more annoying. It does. I love the shopkeeper character in this game. I I think he's very entertaining, and he actually helps out with the plot a little bit. He's not just a side uh, side part of the game or anything. Um, nice. I did I did get through the whole area that kind of involves the Mister X kind of character. Um, and that was the AI for that Mr. X type character is not nearly as good as Mr. X or uh, Jack Baker, the dad from Resident Evil 7. Like the AI in, bo- in both of those was a lot more intimidating, a lot smarter. This one, it just felt like you could walk right behind it. And like, was this, was that Lady Dimitrescu? Yeah, La- Lady Dimitrescu. She's just kind of stupid. Like well, there was one time where I came through a door and I could hear her footsteps. I, I, they were like close somewhere. And I was like, oh no, I'm like trying to kind of scoot away, like scoot to the side. And I look up to my right and she's just right next to me, but like walking the opposite direction. <laughs> like apparently I just hadn't spotted her. She didn't know I was there though. So uh, kind of silly. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting how that got worse over time. I don't know. Maybe when it's on a deep sale, I'll pick that one up. Yeah, and I'm I each area kind of seems to be a different vibe. Like that area was very like Mr. X kind of themed. This second area was like completely it was like an escape room almost. There wasn't really any combat in it. Um, I like that idea. Yeah, so I I'm kind of interested to see where the next areas go and how they differ. Um, yeah, that was my long winded explanation of Resident Evil Eight without Thank you <laughs> but i recommend it so far anyone out there on the on the fence about it anyway that's nice. it for me jimmy what about okay. you okay you're done thank goodness <laughs> all right uh not too much i'm working my way through season two of the boys i got two episodes left of that so i'm looking forward to watching those we still really like it i'm nice. i'm a, i guess i'll wait till the end of the season to say i'm a little i'm like i don't I think there's more interesting ways for the or more interesting directions for the show to go into, but I'm still fine with where it's going. I'm still really enjoying it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, uh, let's see. Oh, I watched all of at least three of Ari Aster's short films online, starting with the one you brought up last oh. week. Yeah, what'd you think? Which is the thing about the Johnsons? Yeah. Strange thing about the, the strange Johnsons. thing about the Johnsons, which was interesting, uh, <laughs> very well done, I would say. Yeah, very effective. I think it, it it's a great discussion starter if you uh, are eighteen years or older. I would say. Um, yeah. No, like I said last week, very fewer discretion is advised with that one. Uh, yeah, and I think uh, it kind of fits nicely into his other works it's got (laughs) interesting plot that i did not see coming from the Mm -hmm. opening scene um but then uh, i would say uh the other two ones i watched was i think one was called like munchausen or something uh i didn't like this one a lot it was uh no no uh, dialogue at all it was all just visual storytelling it was very like whimsical and uh 
I don't know, just just very uh, visually based storytelling and. I just thought it was very simple and, and not super exciting and, and I wasn't very invested in it, but if you're into that. And then <laughs> I think the last one's called The Turtle's Head, which is so bizarre. It's like this uh, kind of noir satire. Um, and it is, I cannot believe it is on YouTube. With uh, It is... I think Holden, you would th- find it hilarious. Really, it's so weird. I don't even. I don't know what to say. It is very bizarre. It's pretty funny. There are some very interesting visuals. Again, I would say be eighteen pl- years or older to watch this one. Okay. Um, the turtle's head. Uh, very. Again, uh, another thing where it just takes a sharp turn in the middle of it, and it has the guy who plays Jerry from Parks and Rec in it. So, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, so, very interesting. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's all I got to say about it. I would watch it. Yeah, I would watch it with maybe some of your roommates just to see their reactions too. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, yeah, that's. I think that's all I've been doing. I I played just a little bit more of Miles Morales. I'm slowly making my way through that game. It's pretty fun though. I like it. Uh, otherwise, that's it. Holden, so you can take us home. Okay. Uh, so next week, I think we're finally gonna do. It. We're finally gonna bite the bullet on this request. We've had the queue in the queue. Um, just because we there's not really anything coming out next week. In two weeks, we have Black Widow. Um, calm before the storm. I think. Hold on. Are you saying we are not going to review Boss Baby 2, the family business next week? Does that come out next week? (laughs) I think it does. (laughs) I saw that was coming out on Peacock, too. It was like Peacock and theaters. I'm like, oh, my God. I I have not seen Boss Baby 1, so no. And I have no desire to see either one. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, so next week, that means... um, what is that movie? It's the that Netflix Swiss movie. Army Man. Is that what? We're no. Watching next um, crap. I'm pulling it up. <laughs> I should have gotten the name. I like can't remember the. It's that um, Charlie Kaufman movie. Man on the Moon. No wait, no. I'm no. thinking of. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking of ending things. That's the movie. That's what I meant to say. Who, what's the other Kaufman guy I was thinking of? Andy Kaufman. Andy Man Kaufman. On the, on the <laughs> Which that's Jim Carrey. That is Jim Carrey. Yeah. But have so, you you've watched uh, Jim and Andy, right? Yes. And yeah. I've watched Man on the Moon. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'm thinking of ending things. Came out last year. Lots of people like it. Lots of people don't. I feel like I'm not gonna like it. That's my hypo. I feel like it's going to be too pretentious for me, but we'll see. It's there okay. is no such thing. <laughs> I don't know. It's one of those movies that's very like symbolic. You have to read a lot into it. So we'll see. What did you think of The Lighthouse again? I I liked it. I also think it's kind of pretentious though. Like kind I do. Of. <laughs> okay, fine. Very pretentious. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I like The Lighthouse more than I like The Witch. Maybe Hot Says take, the guy who's know. like, oh, I'm just going to go buy another thing from the Criterion Collection. And haven't done, that, haven't done that since last year when I had money to spend and nothing to do with quarantine. So, 
I'm just gonna go buy another box set from the Criterion Collection <laughs> and then write a review on Letterboxd. Hmm. We'll see. That's so yeah, uh, Loki episode four next week. Um, I'm thinking of ending things for our movie. Uh, and then uh, if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and leave us a request in that review, or you can send us an email at tauntpodcast at gmail.com, or you can donate to our Patreon. Any of those things work. Um, yeah, I, I think that's it, Jimmy. All right. Thank you very much for listening. You made it this far. You might as well continue listening because either you fell asleep or you like us. So yeah. Hopefully you yeah. like us. Hopefully you didn't get turned away by my insensitive joke earlier. Once again, I apologize for that. <laughs> if it offended he, you. He's not sorry. I am sorry. He's not sorry. All right. <laughs> Adios, pantalones. Love you.